Finally, we exist. This is the podcast that talks about men's and women's sports equally. We'll talk about the big games and we'll sprinkle in a little trash talk here and there. And we will confront the inequality of sport. We are produced by Homestand Sports. Check out homestandsports.com for more news and check out some of our podcasts and upcoming events like Hoop Talks, Puck Talks, and Pitch Talks. On this episode of Finally, I need to give some fair warning. This episode was recorded the day after the US election and we got trumped. I got trumped hard. So it took me a little while to find myself and pull up my socks to get this podcast together. But I had a great conversation about the Canadian Women's Hockey League and contrasting the game of hockey between men and women. And that night, we did talk about one of the greatest games that people were looking forward to, Edmonton versus Pittsburgh, McDavid versus Crosby. It's too good not to talk about it again. And featured in this episode is Saski Stewart, the Director of Communications and Marketing for the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and Joe Pack, a writer at Sportsnet and a fellow homestand podcast host for The Big Ice. Here's our conversations. Saski Stewart, welcome. You do your work with the CWHL. Yeah, so the CWHL represents the kind of playing home to all of the amazing female athletes that you see every kind of four years at the Olympics. So you saw them in Sochi, you see them in Pyeongchang. Um, and so these Olympics, these players need somewhere to play, and that's, that's with us. And that's amazing because, you know what, sometimes you just can't wait four years to see these athletes take to the ice and dominate in the way they do. Mind you, I'm looking at some of the drafts and the players that have come up, and they're all coming from D1 schools, and there are no slouches over in the NCAA. And I just want to try and get a sense of what is it about this hockey that people fall in love with? Yeah, so to come into the CWHL, most of our players have already played four years or five years of NCAA or CIS. Harvard's and Yale's and Clarkson's and, and Princeton and Cornell, and they're coming out of uh, CIS schools as well, so Western and Ryerson and St. FX and, and some of those kind of bigger programs. Um, I think what really makes people fall in love with women's hockey and the CWHL when they see a game is that it really is, we're talking about a skill and has slightly less of a physical element than say the men's game which really kind of opens up the sport for playmaking and that kind of uh that kind of aspect of it so it is hockey but it's slightly different to how you know it just because of the dynamics of gender that that has changed slightly that style of play and i think a lot of people see that and they really fall in love with that because it's a very pure form of the game that's right it's like basketball almost where women's basketball is played below the rim men's basketball is played above the rim and even though there's a lack of physicality in women's sports like hockey you get to see a side of the tactical game that you don't always see in the men's side so it's almost like if i'm going to take my kid and they're going to learn how to play hockey i'd rather show them the women's game first just so they can understand and how how they can learn the game wouldn't you say yeah I, I would never suggest playing the Senators in here in Toronto with the Maple Leafs. And they do. And part of that support has been helping us host CWHL events at NHL arenas. We've hosted the Clarkson Cup in Ottawa at, at Canadian Tire. We'll host our All-Star game uh, shortly back here in Toronto at the ACC. But 
were hosting a game in the Bell Centre for the very first time. So you have four Canadians playing in Calgary Inferno. This is a rematch of the Clarkson Cup in March of this year with one. We're going to be playing at the Bell Centre. The Canadians themselves are hosting and I'm so thrilled. I'm already organising the carpooling and the Airbnb. And the Airbnb, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, so we're we're trying to get, you know, as much as the women's hockey community and that to get out to this kind of game. But we're really hoping that this is a chance to seek uh, for Montreal Canadian fans who may never have seen a Canadian play before to get out and see this game. Right, because it's a different style of hockey that they've maybe seen their daughters play hockey, right? Yeah, and I think we, we market a lot in the sense of we talk a lot about, you know, providing places for young girls to see these players play. But I think it's any young hockey player and any hockey fan. I don't think you have to be female to really appreciate the incredibleness of these athletes, how skilled they are. I mean, the Montreal, the Canadians, the Montreal team, you'll have to excuse my butchering of the Quebecois language. I, I have Australian. So my... <laughs> I've, every now and then I try and say, like, that's not quite what our name sounds like, but we'll go with it. I mean, the incredible role models on this team, we're talking about some of the most storied female Olympics in the history of the game, let alone just the Canada. You know, Marie Philippe Poulin has two Olympic game gold medal game winning gold, and she's 23, maybe. I think she's 23. She's 24 at the most. So she's young. Caroline who has three or four Olympic gold medals, Charlene Labonte, you have Julie True. You have these incredible names in the women's game. And they make great role models, but they're just great hockey players. And I think it's great for all fans who may never have seen it or may not even know it exists to be able to really understand and appreciate the game but also see it in such a great center of arena. And I can't say just how excited it is to to get to kind of play on this kind of eye surface. When you were name dropping all those massive Olympic icons in women's hockey, I'm just sitting here. You can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, I do it. Oh, my gosh. I do it all the time. I found myself having conversations. We, I was actually really funny uh, earlier, several times. We'd done a bunch of media. And so I, I kind of I was well acquainted with Natalie, and, but I'd never met Julie Chu. And I had always been a big Julie Chu fan. And I'm standing there, like, telling her what's going to happen and this. And they're just kind of looking at me. And, and soon as like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. It's just... I'm standing here in front of, you know, people that I've watched play hockey for years. And Julie Chu, who I've admired. Julie Chu is the happiest human being in existence. You know, she's been someone I've admired and respected for a long time. And so now to be in a situation where I get to work with these athletes on a daily basis is still, I shake my head all the time as well. It's hard to contain yourself. I know, and it's the funny thing is because I've worked with a lot of athletes at a lot of different levels. I've worked with NHL, I've worked with Formula One, all the cucumber. You put me in front of these CWHL players, and I'm like, but you're all just amazing. The level of respect just goes through yeah, the roof, Yeah, because right? what these girls go through and what they sacrifice and how hard that they work. I think any woman that works in traditionally male-dominated fields um, can't help but feel that 
the camaraderie with them. And then when you're, you're seeing them in person and, and kind of helping further what they do, I think that's just a real, you know, a, I find it a real enormous privilege. So out of, since you, you mentioned that you worked with Formula One, the NHL, and you did branding, social media, but now that you're with the CWHL, do you feel that is probably the most empowering job that you've ever had? I, look, every, I say to people all the time, every single job has stresses. And sometimes I've done 80, 90, 100-hour weeks, and I just want to go to sleep. But I love, absolutely, and I, I sound like such a gushing, giddy little person when we talk about this, but this is the best job I've ever had in a rewarding sense. I, I actually ran a professional women's soccer team in Australia for a while, and this is very similar because you're – not only getting to do something you love, being around sport and that, but you're kind of, in a sense, fighting a bit of a battle with it as well. What you do helps move women in sport forward and it helps move women in hockey forward. And it's about creating not just a better opportunity for these these amazing players that we have now, but it's for the next generation. And we kind of use this really cliched ex- expression, but we always say like it's our next generation of hockey heroines about the girls that are 10 or 8 or 6 nowadays who come to a CWHL game and say, you know, I want to be like that. We have our first players who joined the league this year who came to the CWHL when they were 12, when it's first season, and saw it and said, when I saw it, I was like, oh, maybe one day I could I know that we're kind of helping do that for the next generation. It's, I love it. it. It's just such a great thing to get to do. It's beautiful. It's beautiful being able to see a dream and see other people doing that dream. So it makes it almost easier to visualize for yourself as a kid. I, I agree in, in terms of, of politics and things like that. But when people can see someone doing something, they can be the person that says, I've never seen someone do that. I've never seen a woman do that. Uh, but I, I would like to try. You know, it's very hard to have the courage or the the fourth order or any of those kind of things to be that person. You just have to think of some sports or some roles within the sporting world that traditionally women women aren't in and, and the kind of thing for women to break through to those and then the increases uh, that have come after it. I mean, we have Corey Chevry, who's an FCWHL player, who's just become the first female assistant coach for a men's CIS team. And, and that's a big, big achievement. And I think she opens a doorway there other players to be like I want to do that and Corey's done it so why can't I exactly and it's spreading spreading all throughout the leagues and I felt has a female assistant coach even the NBA D-League in Mississauga the Raptors 905 just hired um, she was already a D-League coach in Iowa but they brought her here and she's the only female coach in the D-League so we're starting to really see it play out in men's professional sports and let's go back to the point you made earlier about moving the women's side of hockey forward with great partners like the NHL. And you, you have basically two types of the same player, just from two different sides of the coin. They have this exact same aspirations. They have very similar talents and skill levels, and they end up achieving majority the same, the same goals when it comes to the Olympics. Now, how is the NHL helping to helping to promote the women's side of hockey? Yeah, look, I, I think the NHL has been an incredible partner for us and, and he's continuing to grow with us and support us in those kind of things. Um, you have to just look at the kind of examples of the NBA set with the WNBA. We have a slightly different model, but the, N, the NHL has been 
a real big asset for us in the fact that they have access to a lot of knowledge and resources and experience that we may ourselves may not. So that really helps kind of form a guiding light kind of towards us when we want to know about, you know, what, what information they can impart from a broadcast sense, what they can impart from a communication sense, what their marketing thoughts are, how we can go about things, what people that they can introduce us to, how they've helped us form NHL partnerships with individual teams and, and things like that. Right, and I'm looking on one of the websites for Pave the Way, and Brian Burke, he's probably one of the biggest supporters. Yeah, he is an incredibly big supporter of the CWHL, and has been a great supporter for the league for a long time, both from originally when he was out here in Toronto, and now he's really helped spearhead the partnerships with the Calgary Flames and things like that. And, and that's, uh, Brian is a very big believer in that kind of idea that these are the best athletes in the world as well and that we should be growing them and encouraging them and building those partnerships and he's been a real vocal ambassador for the league as well and it's not uncommon he has you know young daughters who participate or and are hockey fans it's not uncommon to see him around at inferno game in calgary because his, his daughters and his kids are are keen to see and watch those games of course it's you got to go where the kids go and there's one thing if there's one thing that i want to see I don't know if you probably think the same way as me, but next All-Star game or even All-Star games to come, you get the All-Stars from the NHL, CWHL. You pick teams and see who wins. See who can, you know, out-deek the other, who can, you know, who has the best dangles and who just absolutely surprises the hell out of you. Yeah. That's what I want to see. There's always some interesting things. There's, there's always true kind of schools of thought on those kind of, Whereas as much as it's also brilliant to get them into those big spaces, it's also difficult when you look at the idea of putting them in with men's sports in those kind of senses because you never you want to make sure that you're never putting them in a position where they could be viewed as second fiddle or lesser or things like that to the male athletes. So it's always really difficult to find that kind of fine line between is this a great promotional opportunity from the idea of, of bringing it to a bigger audience or do we do we run the risk of of people direct comparisons and and adding these incredible well you have a point the way i see it it's almost like you're in gym class and the best girls get picked first so yes oh they can compete with the boys just as well as anybody so i just want to see them duke it out that's just me but thank you so much in the skills component the skills component of it would be fascinating yeah i don't know if you've ever seen a video of jenny finch she's uh probably one of the the most well-known softball pitchers in the world uh team usa and she absolutely dummied a rod uh who else was it barry bonds all these major league players and they're just spinning around like helicopters trying to hit her rise ball or her fastball and they're just like wow i can't believe this so that's what i want to yeah. see that's my yeah. hope for the if cwhl you can, as, as you can play says if you can play you can play it's not a gender thing <laughs> right just play the game but that's all we have thank you so much saski thank you so much for having me all right now for the second part of our segment, we have Sportsnet writer and Puck Talks aficionado, Joe Pack. Joe Pack, thank you so much for joining me. And we got a lot of hockey to catch up on because apparently, I don't think anybody watched any hockey last night. No, uh, which is too bad because, first of all, 
Uh, it was Connor McDavid facing off against Sidney Crosby. Um, but no, people had uh, better things to do, so uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> better things to do and probably uh, better things to cry about if you ask different people. But yeah, I'm looking at your article that you just posted um, a few hours ago, your five things we learned in the NHL. Get in line. That, <laughs> that's my favorite. You made my day with that headline. But yeah, Connor versus Sydney. And the first, the lead is that wasn't a typo. So what did we get out of that game last night? Out of the, uh, the Edmonton-Pittsburgh game, I think... Um, First of all, especially the first period, I believe it was 3-2 after after the first. It was back and forth. I mean, uh, the the hallmark of Connor McDavid as a player is, is his speed. And mm-hmm. on both goals, he, he showed that. One where he uh, flew all the way back into the defensive zone, knocked uh, the puck off Carl Hagelin's stick, turned it around into a scoring chance. And the other uh, where he blew past a defenseman just with his speed, uh, not with a move, just with his skates. Uh, and, uh, you know, hockey is not really a sport where, where you can say it was a matchup between two players. I mean, goalies are opposite each other on the opposite end of the ice, and even the best players are only on the ice for about 20 minutes a game at most. So it, it, it's hard to, you know, compare uh, Crosby and McDavid in a, in a game like that, and it's not really fair. Uh, but, of course, the conversation is happening right now who's the best player in the, in the world, the NHL. And it's, it's really coming down between those two guys. But as, uh, as hockey would have it as usual, like I said, it's never about two guys. Uh, it ended up being Connor Sheary, who was the hero. He gets two goals and, and one at the end, just at the end of the game. But, but honestly, what a thrilling game. Uh, Pittsburgh's a team that's in great shape. Edmonton is a lot better, I think, than people expected. Uh, it was fun. It was just, uh, it was hard to stay focused on the game. Yeah, no kidding. But one thing I want to point out, sometimes it's better to have lower expectations, especially if you're a team like the Oilers, because you've got so much to do. You have so much growing to do. Why do you need to add extra pressure on top of all of that? But still, monumental game on a very monumental night. And let's no, move no on. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, oy vey. Uh, <laughs> and then Patrick Lina. <laughs> He's had a good week, so to say. Wouldn't oh, you say? goodness. Uh, wow, he's had a he had, he's had a good career. He could probably call it now, and uh, and make it into the Winnipeg Hall of Fame. I'm sure. Uh, two hat tricks already. I can't what is it, believe 12 it. Twelve games, something like that. Something like twelve games. Uh, he looked dominant last night. Uh, the Jets. I you know, I, I I have no affiliation with the Jets or Winnipeg, but it's just a team that you want to do well uh they've they've been building towards something it's not just lining either i mean mark lost in all of this is that mark shifley leads the league in points and he he had a few points last night he set up line a uh i just saw some chatter on twitter just now about how mike babcock suggested that that uh, mark shifley when babcock was at the world cup was talking to someone about Shifley saying that he should get used to uh, uh, working on his backhand pass because as a right-hand shot, he's going to be dishing it over to uh, Line, who's also a right-hand shot, and didn't Shifley had a, have a beautiful backhand saucer pass last night to set up one of the goals. Um, but Winnipeg is such a, such a fun young team, and it just so happens that they're in a deadly central division where they're, it's going to be nearly impossible for them to make the playoffs. Uh, which is astounding with with what they have, but 
what if this guy is and not just on the ice as well. I think that's what's so appealing is he has such a personality um and 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 comes to the league with with um you know when players like McDavid and Line and Matthews uh come it's it's exciting. They have such a fresh new perspective on how to play the game. You know, McDavid with speed like nobody has lining with the scoring ability and size like nobody has uh so it's uh it's it's really refreshing and i think that's what i had fun with last night with hockey was that the uh it really is the young guys that are, are constantly making every night in the nhl uh, uh a little more exciting than uh than maybe maybe 10 15 years ago i think youth in the nhl is is a real hallmark of the last 10 years and, and it's fun Right. The game is changing, just like the world is changing. And I'm glad that people are actually, they're embracing the the youngness of hockey now. Like, it's not an old culture anymore. It's not about, you know, the good old days. Now we're talking about some speed, some wicked speed, wicked skills that, you know, you can't always just be a goon all the time, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think there's there's still plenty, plenty of room for improvement with the NHL in terms of having old school mentalities about certain things. And, you know, that gets into the more serious uh, and deeper issues with Right. And that would be league, for a totally different league. podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's a conversation exactly. for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's refreshing. Um, it's, it's new personalities in the league and, uh, and it's it's something to talk about. And like I said, anytime someone like Patrick Laine comes into the league and 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 has that reputation as as being a, not a, not a boring quote and someone who has a real head on his shoulders, um, that's what really appeals to me uh, because personalities sell the game. And it's tough in hockey. They wear helmets, they wear they wear visors, and they're only on the ice for a third of the game. Yeah, and you can barely recognize them when they're off the ice, but. Let's talk about refreshingness for a second. And love that you said no bad quotes, because if there's something about hockey is that there are way too many bad and boring quotes. I'm going to just throw that out there. I don't care what anyone says. It's the truth. Oh, I think we all agree. Yeah. Good. But let's talk about something a little refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke with Saski Stewart. Uh, she was the first guest on our show. And she is the, she works with the sub, the CWHL. I've been having a hard time saying it the entire show. <laughs> CWHL. It's like a tongue twister for me. Yeah. You go CW. Yeah. CWHL. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't work on it. So the CWHL. And what I would love to see, and tell me if, if this would intrigue you. Next All-Star game or any All-Star games to come, you get the All-Stars from the NHL. You get the All-Stars from the CWHL. And most likely you'll have two groups of of exceptional Olympic athletes. You get them to pick teams. You just put their hockey sticks in the middle of the ice. You pick your teams and you just go. And you see who can That's do brilliant. good and embarrass the other right? person. Right. I mean, why not? It's, it's, it's an exhibition game. There's no, there's no uh, uh, element of physicality uh, uh, at all. Um, well, I mean, I was a little. thinking too. I would sure, a sure. Bit. I mean, I mean, uh, even even maybe just because of the speed of the game that you're bound to maybe run into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that element of that. But uh, no, not to say that there isn't physicality in women's hockey, but that there isn't physicality in an all-star game. So why not have uh, something like that? And 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 just off of that, I was thinking too. I mean, the uh, uh, news came out last week 
from Elliot Friedman about the uh, about the All-Star game and the write-in candidate and the whole situation that we had last year with John Scott and fans voting him in. Uh, it sounds like NHL will try to do away with that to some degree, but they're still inviting fans to vote people in. Now, it's not going to happen, but I had a thought. I mean, uh, why not really have fun with this write-in candidate and have you know someone like Shannon Zabados play goal for one of the All-Star teams? Uh, right, she's been playing Natalie Spooner in there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, there's no reason not to. I mean, the, the CWHL was at the outdoor um, New Year's game last year. Uh, Boston, Montreal uh, uh, faced off. That's right. Yeah. So so I'm wondering if, if they uh, may uh, appear at this year's uh, outdoor game uh, in Toronto uh, when the Leafs mm-hmm. take on Detroit. I wonder if that's a possibility. I have no idea. I have no insight. I should ask Sasky about that because she would be the one to talk to. But um, um, I mean, why not start there? But I, I love the idea of the All Star Game. Change it up. People talk to talk about the sanctity of the All Star Game. Excuse me. I don't know what about sanctity? the uh, sanctity of the All Star Game. The 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 time that this, the All Star Game meant most to me was when I was about ten years old. So if you think about that NHL. That is who the All-Star game is for, and it's not just going to be boys watching. So no. why not take, like, go for it and have some fun with it? It's an exhibition game. Right, and I'm speaking from the girl that would watch all the All-Star games. You name it, basketball, hockey, or, uh, or baseball. I would be glued to the TV. I'd be watching these guys, and I'm just like, they're just having so much fun. I want to be like them. And now there's a league for women, and the athletes are pretty much on par with accomplishments, right? They all went through school, they got drafted, Olympics, you name it, they did it. And I just don't believe how people can say that you have to preserve the sanctity of an all-star game. This isn't church. (laughs) This is sport. That's right. But this is coming from people uh, like um, bread-in-the-bone NHL people. So we were talking earlier about uh, the NHL taking a new tack with uh, with with a lot of new things, there's a lot of new players, but also new mentalities coming into the game, and that's healthy for the game. Uh, but mm. of course, there's still that hangover from previous generations that says the All Star Game is sacred, and uh, that says you know that um, uh, that head injuries aren't as much of a problem as they are. Whatever the case, there's plenty of uh, plenty of things as a fan. Uh, that I can understand if you if you find uh, plenty of problems that there's that, that the NHL is is problematic uh, in in plenty of different ways. Uh, so yeah, I mean that opinion about the All Star Game that's that's coming from from players and and TV analysts and and uh, people involved with the league that are as close to it as you can possibly be. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that people at the highest level uh, are, are having that conversation now. And maybe there's a bit more debate than there used to be. Uh, but that, that sentiment is still alive and well. Well, if there's going to be any time to do a combined All-Star game, why not do it for the year that it's Canada 150, that they celebrate the, 100, the 100th anniversary for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, 2016 is the year to do it, if you ask me. You got all the fanfare, but you know what? We need to continue. We need to continue this conversation at another time. 
maybe maybe next week or we can have a Twitter battle. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. That's great. All righty. So where can anyone follow you on Twitter just to keep up to date with what you're up to? Yeah, very simple. Uh, it's at Joe Pack, P-A-C-K. Uh, I, I write for Sportsnet, uh, but I also freelance and, and do uh, uh, some stuff on the on the side. I have started to write a little bit about uh, women's hockey. Um, I, uh, uh, I'm a big history buff, uh, but I'm also a big um, arts and pop culture guy too. So anytime I can interweave hockey, arts and sports, and of course give as much attention as possible to uh, the women in this game as well, um, that's what you'll get out of uh, stuff that I write and stuff that I tweet. Uh, so that's uh, that's the best way to to get in touch or to or to check out what I'm up to. Yeah, all the best, and we're, we're looking forward to you know watching your Twitter feed because it's pretty populated. I have to admit, <laughs> pretty popular. Well, that's that's generous. That's pretty generous. But um, but thank you, and thank you for uh, for having me. And uh, I would I would love to con- continue the conversation. So uh, look forward to it down the road. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for listening to Finally. Don't forget to check us out at homestandsports.com. And you can find me on social media at Nat underscore Stoberman. And I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts on today's show. So please give us a rating and hopefully we can work that into our next show. See you next time.